Okay, good luck. We are on Kuf Vav Amud Beis, 106b, three lines from the bottom. Omer of Chia Barava, Omer of Yochanan, Hatoin Tainus Ganav Bipikadin. So there's a rule that a Ganav who swears falsely uh, pays back the Ganeva, and he also has to pay double. Now, what about if a person, a Ganav is somebody who steals from somebody else, and then uh, he lies, and then he pays the double. But what about if a person was a shepherd, meaning he was given your sheep or your cow as a pikadin to watch? He didn't steal it from you, and you went to pick it up, uh, and you wanted to get it back, and then he lies to you. Can you make him swear? So, Enu Chayev, you can only make him swear, Ad sheikvar v'mixas v'yoda v'mixas. This is called moda v'mixas, which is, in general, there's a question when you say someone owes you money, and he says, no, I don't. You can't, you can't necessarily make him swear when he's kofar hakol. He, it's his word against yours. You can't just go up to a random person and make them swear. But when they are moda v'mixas, they admit part of your testimony. I don't owe you as much as you say, I owe you something, then the rule is, then they do swear. So this concept that you need motive and mixus to make him swear, he's saying this would apply to the case of the Picadin as well. Um, how do we know this is true? Uh, my timer, what's the reason? Omar Kra, as the Pusik says, Ki It says he admits this part and not that part. That's, that's the Pusik. The Pusik that mentions uh, that a person who is watching your, your uh, Pekudin and then lies about it, pays penalty, see, uses the words kihuzeh, this is the one which indicates that he is admitting part of the claim. But the, actually, whether this, this part of the Pusik is telling you something about Pekudin, or maybe it's just talking about a regular loan. When somebody borrows money, then you have the rule that he needs to admit part. So it, it's an argument between Rav Chia Bar Yosef, Dom Rav Chia Bar Yosef. Rav Chia Bar Yosef says that this Pusik that says that in order to swear you need to say kihuzeh, that you need to admit part, that's only, talk, that's only by a loan. Even though it's written by a pikadin where you're watching an animal, it's actually out of place. Ere Parshik Sivkan, as we turn to today's page, as Rashi says, She'enim Akomo. Even though it's next to the place that sounds like it's talking about the regular shomer that watches your animal needs to admit part in order to swear, really it's written out of place and it refers to a regular loan. The kiksiv kihuzeh, and these words of kihuzeh are milvakoi referred to a loan. So the first opinion we quoted said that it does refer to a shomer. And to a shomer pekadin, that a guy who's watching your item and then denies it in order to make him swear he needs to admit part. He was watching two cows, and he says, well, I, I, I only was watching one cow, or I, one of them was stolen or lost. I can't find it. So then he has to swear on the other because he admitted part. Or, no, really, when he's your watchman, he has, he, you can make him swear even if he doesn't admit part. That is the two opinions. Um, so Lumoris says, well, according to the opinion that this rule that you make people swear only when they admit part applies to a loan, well, why wouldn't it apply to all swearings? Maishna Milva, why is Milva different, a loan different? Kid Rabba, like Rabba taught Atina, why is it that Torah says when you admit part of the claim of the other person that we make you swear? 
because really we assume the average person ain't on a maze pun of. If somebody did you a favor and loans you money, the average person who says, no, I don't, wouldn't be able to say that. Um, we are Jews, we're committed to doing the right thing, we're invested in the Torah and Hashem, and somebody that does us a favor, we couldn't just say, I don't owe you the money. So a person would not have the chutzpah to say that, really, a person, um, uh, if he doesn't have the money, would he really wants to deny it. The reason he doesn't, because he doesn't have the chutzpah, the arrogance, to say that to him. And so really then, he should admit the whole thing. So then why does he admit part? It's a psychological thing. We're saying that if the guy totally denies it, he's probably telling the truth because most people wouldn't be able to totally deny someone who did them a favor and alone wouldn't be able to totally look them in the face and say, no, you didn't. But if the guy says part, so we're concerned, really, maybe he owes you more and he's just delaying. So he's thinking, if I admit the whole thing, then they're gonna, he's going to go to court and take it all away. I'll, I'll delay and I'll admit part until I can pay the whole thing. Therefore, the Torah makes him swear once he admits part to admit the whole thing. And this applies to a loan where the guy did him a favor. But if you just hire a person to watch your sheep, and he decides to steal it, he can lie to your face. Therefore, this logic doesn't apply. So again, there's, uh, this last teaching was that there's a concept in swearing that you only swear when the guy admits part of the claim, a motive in excess. Uh, because, um, uh, and the question is, does this apply over here by Shomer Pekudin, by somebody who's watching your item as well or not? Uh, the Meforshim speak out, that was only in previous times that a person couldn't look at a person's face and lie to his face, someone that did him a favor. But today, people have the chutzpah, and so this wouldn't necessarily apply. Okay. Tani Rami Barchama, a new halacha. Rami Barchama taught Arba Shomim. There are four different kinds of watchmen, and just like we said previously, that in order to make somebody swear, there needs to be, we only make them swear if they're admitting part of the claim. So too, these watchmen also speak a kafir of a mixes v'hodav mixes. They have to admit part and deny part. And what are the four watchmen? Shomarchina v'shel nosei v'asocher. Those are the famous four different types of watchmen. Watching it for free, somebody who's paid, um, uh, somebody who's who borrows it from you, a person who you pay, a person who who you hire, a person who rents it. How does Rami Barachama know? Shomer Chinam, where are you watching it for free? The Torah actually mentions Behedek Siba that he admits part because it says Ki Huzeh. Shomer Sachar, a person who's watching it for a wage. So that we learn out in the scene in the scene of Shomer Chinam. We learn out from the guy who's watching it for free. Show the borrower, Viki Yishal, there's an extra vav there. Mosef Alin and Rishon, it comes to tell you the halacha here is the same. And Socher, the renter, so there's a debate if the renter is like somebody who's paying to watch it or Shomer Socher, uh, then it's the same as the Shomer Socher who's being paid. Or if he's like somebody who's watching it for free, then he's like a Shomer who's watching it for free. But basically, there's three kinds of Shomerim, and we have a drusher for all three that they only swear when they admit part of the claim 
uh, like the previous halacha, that then this is common in the Torah, that swearing is usually not when they deny everything, when it's one word against another, but when the, when the litigant admits part of the claim, then he takes an oath so we can get the whole story. Another halacha. Amar bar Yosef, Let's get back to the toin tainus ganif. There's two kinds. Of, there's a, a ganif who goes and steals, and then there's a guy who's watching your sheep, watching your uh, animal, and when you go to pick it up, he says, uh, it's not here, I got bad news, it was stolen, or it was lost. So if he's lying, he turns himself into a stealer. He, he, he didn't go to your house and steal it. He, you gave it to him, and, but he turns himself into a thief when he lies. And that's called toin tainus ganif, somebody who claims the item was stolen from him. So at what point does he become liable for the penalty of a ganif? that he becomes liable if he takes it personally. Meaning, he's watching it, it's with his herd, he didn't do anything. He might have told you, I don't have it, it was stolen, but he doesn't become a robber till he, until he physically reaches forth his hand to, uh, to use it, and, as Rashi says, to do work for him in some way. He's own, at that point, then he becomes physically a robber. He, he might tell you a lie, but he doesn't become a robber to pay the penal, double penalty of a robber until he's physically done something to take it and use it, your item. Uh, that's called Shiloh My time, how does he know? Because the Pasuk, he will be brought to court if he didn't send forth his hand to use your item. That implies, had he stretch forth his hand and use it for his own purposes, then he, he will be guilty as a thief to pay the double penalty. You see from here that we're, that we're talking about that's the case. He says, even though it mentions a case where he stretched forth his hand to use it, technically, he says, even though even if the animal is just eating at the food trough, he could still become a robber. Does he mean Specifically, if he didn't yet take it, that Akomer, Avushok Boyad, but if he actually took it, Kona, then it would be like uh, he acquires the animal in theft, and then when he swears as a guardian, that doesn't change things. It has to be that he swears. Uh, it, it's only when he swears as the guardian that he pays double. In this case, he's not a guardian once he stretched forth his hand. Odilmo, or maybe a or maybe he said he meant even that case. Really, both cases, he's eligible to collect double. He said, I didn't hear direct this case, but I heard something similar. Again, what's happened here is I'm watching a guy is a watchman of a sheep or uh, uh, watching a cow. And then he takes it and he uses it for his own needs. He plows with your cow. He's not allowed to. So at that point, do you say he's become a robber and he's not just a watchman, he's already expropriated it. And so then the rule is you can't make him swear. You don't make a robber swear this way. He's just guilty. And um, uh, Or do you say, no, he's still a watchman and he could take an oath and then obligate himself to pay the double? So that is the question here. Do you say that when there's a second event that it adds to the charge or not in this way? So he said, I heard something similar. Let's say you first claim the animal was lost and you swore, I, I don't have the animal. Now, if he's negligent and it was lost, 
then that doesn't help the, the watchman to say, oh, it got lost. <laughs> well, it was your fault. You left the gate open. But if he's not negligent, he can sometimes claim it's lost and he won't have to pay. So he claimed it was lost and he wasn't negligent and he wouldn't have to pay. And then for some reason, the other guy doesn't believe him and brings him to another court. And he says, okay, I'll tell the truth. It really wasn't lost. It was stolen. So, and then the witnesses come all along that he was the thief. It wasn't stolen or lost. He had it. So we say, in this case, he doesn't pay, he doesn't pay my timer. The reason is, once he lied about it and said it was lost, at that point, he became a regular crook, a goslin. And then he's not going to pay the double, even though he sweared, it, the swearing wasn't legitimate swearing. So, since it went out of the person's uh, territory, out of the person's control, the original owner, once he lied about it, it became his. And so uh, later on when he swore, he's not really a shomer anymore. Shomer means he's watching it for you. Once he's a robber, he's not watching it for you. It marnami learned also like this. First, he, well, the guy goes to pick up his object, his sheep. And the watchman says, I'm sorry, it was lost. And he swears. And then he later on, he comes, he says, well, tell you the truth, it was stolen. And he swears. They, they try to explain the case. Why would he swear more than once? <laughs> Did he go to a different base then? What happened? But then witnesses come and that he's a liar. So in this case, we say he's putter, even though he's, he did end up swearing that it was stolen. But that swearing was a fake swearing. The first oath is the one that counts. He said, uh, he said, as we said before, once the person expropriates the item to himself, He's no longer your shomer, and then he's not going to pay the, the double fine for a shomer that lied. My time, This is what the Torah says. He goes to court if he didn't expropriate it, and so the watchman pays that special fine. But if he's not a watchman, he's just a regular robber, a regular crook. So he'll we'll deal with it as a regular crook, and he wouldn't necessarily pay the double in that way. This would be like a goslin who doesn't pay double. Omele Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, well, wait a second. Hello, Shvoshu, we make him swear three things. It's not just one. Number one, we make him swear he wasn't negligent. It wasn't lost because he left open the gate. It wasn't stolen because he, he wasn't watching. And then he has to swear that he didn't take it. And that it's no longer in his, his property. My Don't we mean when we say he didn't, uh, he didn't expropriate it, it means do me similar to when he swore it wasn't in his property. My just like when he lied and said, I don't got it, when the evidence comes out that it really isn't his rishus, and we throw the book at him, even when he swore he didn't expropriate it, and he did, so when we find out he lied, that he grabbed it, he will pay double. So this proves our equation that he is considered somebody that violated the shvuas Shomrim and would pay double. Maybe that's not necessarily what it means. Maybe it means to compare the oath that he swore that he didn't expropriate similar to where he wasn't negligent. Just like where he said he wasn't negligent if it turns out he was, he doesn't pay double, he just has to give it back. Be careful. Also, when he swore he didn't take it, when it comes out he didn't expropriate, he doesn't pay the double. Okay, we'll stop here.